Welcome to Rain Christian Church audio sermons. Thank you for tuning in. May you be blessed. Smiling and she was beaming and I'm like, wow, you've changed a bit since the last time. And when I sat down, she actually had other clients and she said to them, they must wait. And she spoke to me and she said to me, you know what, sir, you made a huge difference in my life. Um, I'm calm. You spoke to me about my mother and that changed me. I even went to this other lady that you normally deal with and I told her, this man is so wonderful. What did I do? I'm not wonderful. What did I do? I just allowed the Holy Spirit. And that is the thing. What does the people see in us? Who do they see? Do they see somebody that's going to fight back? And we're going to look at it now. We're going to look at Jesus' life. How did Jesus, the example, because Peter tells us that Jesus gave us an example and he says that we must follow that example. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Am I on the same scripture? Did I go backwards now? Oh, there we go. And 1 Peter 2 verse... Uh, this tech, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a technology person, but this technology is failing me at the moment. So. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, it says in 1 Peter 2.11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. So now we're going to get to a bit more practical things of, of how we can, because now Peter writes very practically. He says, this is how you have to live. We are now of God Christ in us. The Holy Spirit is helping us and He's changing us from one degree of glory. But how does He do that? How does the Holy Spirit change us? Through Jesus that is the Word. And that's why we have to study the Word. That's why we have to use the Word. Because we cannot change if we don't stay in the Word. We have to be in a relationship with the Father so that the Father can speak to us through the Holy Spirit and show us what to do. If I don't have knowledge, if I don't know the Word, and there's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Heart knowledge is, is, is when that word becomes alive in you. It's not just logos, logos anymore. It becomes alive. And, and, and you live it out because you, you realize this is changing me. It's, it's a life-changing word. Um, so here Paul, Peter speaks and he says, we are sojourners. Um, some of the other translations say we are wanderers. Why are we called wanderers? Because previously we said that God changed us. It's metanoia. So we are placed back into this world, but we're not here. This world is not our own. There's a scripture that talks about that, and I think I mentioned it a bit later, but this world is not our place. We are only passing through. And then sometimes when I look at people, and I see how they hold on to their earthly possessions, and I think, man, do you understand that scripture? That this world is not your own. We are only passing through. We are here as light bearers and as image carriers, so that God can use us for people to see how we should live and how we should be with Him. And give, a, give people a hunger. I mean, how does people get saved? When they look at our lives and they say, I want to be like that. I want to have the patience that you've got. I want to have that love for people that you've got. And um, I mean, that is important. So we must remember that on this earth, we are just wanderers. This is not our home. Um, so we, we can't gather things here because we can't take it with us. I spoke to my mom. My mom is 80 now. And... Uh, I said to her, she spoke about some of the stuff that she's got. I said, Mom, you've got too much stuff. You must get rid of some of this stuff. Because if something happens with you tomorrow, I have to get rid of it. Yeah? Because you got, why are you keeping it? Okay? Yes, we have to have certain stuff. And I'm not saying we should go and sell everything that we've got. That's what, not what I'm saying. Um, we have to steward what we've got. Because God gives us that command as well. And I can't go into all of that. That's a different teachings and different times. But... We have to steward what God's given us. So everything is given us for a purpose. Um, that car that I've got is not mine. It's God's. And that's how I have to treat it. Because God gave it to me. 
the house that I've got is not mine, it's God's. But I have to treat it that way. So if I kick my house and I, then what am I doing with the possessions that God's given me? So it's just on the, on the side, I'm going off on some bunny trails here. Um, but it's important that we realize that we, have to, we are wanderers. But then there's a very important thing that is said there. It says there that abstain from the passions of the flesh. Now here we can talk a lot about the passions of the flesh. Um, some of the scriptures says the desires of the flesh, or some of the other translations. What do you desire? Do you desire riches? Do you, do you desire whatever? Think of things that's in your life. And I want to do a specific example here, and again I'm going to use a testimony of my own life. Um, I had a problem with gambling. I loved gambling. That was my problem. I loved it. Um, so much so that it took a lot of time. And that's, a, that's how we should measure the activities that we do in the flesh. How much time does it take? Is that time devoted to God or is that time devoted to myself, to my own desires? And I'm not saying we shouldn't have pleasures and things. That I'm, not, I'm not saying that as long as it's in the will of God. But the important thing is that with that gambling, it, it took over. It took over my mind. And Paul writes and he says that we should have the mind of Christ. I did not have the mind of Christ. I was so consumed in my mind of how these machines, because to me it was fascinating because I'm a technologist, it was fascinating how those things work and the probabilities and, the, and how the different wheels turn and is this going to fall like this or is it going to be like this. So I tried to figure the machines out. In the process, I lost a lot of money, yes. Um, but I had a problem and God spoke to me about that and says, you need to sort this out. And with that, I had a second problem. Um, and I'm going to address both because they actually fit together in the same testimony. I had a smoking problem as well. I stopped smoking for 10 years after I got saved. Then I went through a bad patch in my life where I got divorced and everything and I started smoking again. I took back some of that sin, the things that God told me was wrong. So I had this problem with the gambling and that one morning the Holy Spirit just said to me, stop. Enough is enough, stop. And I remember, and I won't go into the full details, but I remember I finished the packet of cigarettes in one after the others and I cast out the machine I was on and I walked. Because there's a scripture that says in Matthew that um, if the eye lets you struggle, pluck it out. And I did that because I realized that I can walk away, but the desire of the flesh is still going to force me to go back. So I walked straight to the security and I said to them, I want to ban myself nationwide. I banned myself from every single casino in South Africa. If I put my foot in there, they will arrest me. Trust me, it works. Um, you cannot go back. Once you've banned yourself, it's done. But that is to pluck it out. Now that was the one part. That's what I did. I had to get away from that. And that's what the scripture there says. Abstain from the passions of the flesh. I had to get rid of that sin in my life. I got rid of that sin. But then there was something else. The desires. And that's what this talks about. The desires, the passion, was still in my mind. Yes, I couldn't go into casinos anymore. But my mind was still consumed with how these things operate. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, please help me with this. And the Holy Spirit showed me, just start praying in tongues. And that's what, every time I get this in my mind, because I, I used to journey in Johannesburg um, roughly about 40, 45 minutes to work in the mornings. Sometimes it was an hour. So in that time, I had lots of time. And my mind was always working. Um, my car had an had a automatic um, GPS in it that turned into the casinos. It just knew where all the casinos were. So now... It doesn't do that anymore because I banned myself to the car and you just go to go to work. But my mind was still consumed. And then I started doing that. And I praise the Lord that my mind is clear. 
I don't get any of those desires anymore. It's gone. And that's where it says that we must remember our enemy walks around like a roaring lion. And all he wants to do, he knows he cannot pluck us out of God's hand. Because once we're in God's hand, we are in God's hand. We are safe. But what he does is he can take our attention away from God. So he brings fleshly desires to take our attention away, not to give God the, God the glory. So now we're not glorifying God through our actions. So he, that's all he wants to do. He just wants to keep us busy. And in today's world, with this technologies that we've got, I mean, I've also got, I've got tablets and laptops and you name it, but these technologies keep us busy. How much time do I spend on these technologies? How much time do I spend with God in my relationship with Him, talking with Him, studying the Word? Because that's how God speaks to me, through His Word. Um, very important, we have to look at those things um, and trust the Lord because, again, it's not about condemnation because the Scripture is very clear, and I'm going to get to that at the end, it says, there are therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So this is not to condemn you. The Holy Spirit uses this to make us attend of things in our lives, and we have to go and repent about that. Once we repent, it's gone. But we have to go and lay it off. There's a reason why he speaks to us about this. Because sometimes we are getting so involved, especially in this times, in the festive season, people get involved with a lot of things um, in the flesh. I want to just go back a bit and, and talk about Jesus' life in, in the same aspect. Jesus gave us a perfect example. I mean, Jesus, when he was before a pilot, um, he did not fight back. He did not argue. He just did what God told him to do. And that's, that's a big question. Are we doing what God tells us to do or are we doing what we want to do? Sometimes, and I find it and I've had conversations with Christians where they argue their point. Why are they doing what they're doing? Why do you have to defend yourself? If you defend yourself, that means that you are doing something wrong because we shouldn't defend ourselves. And we find that, that when you get into conversations with your boss and you're wrong, and your boss is right, and he takes you on, then you've got excuses. Why do we do that? Because that's the flesh. The flesh wants to do that. We need to live above reproach. Above, I mean, if you look at Jesus, Jesus was perfect in every way. He didn't fight. He didn't argue. He accepted that what was said to him. And he was a man of integrity. If he said yes, it was yes. If he said no, it was no. I mean, there were times where the crowd got too busy and Jesus just moved away. Because he knew how to spend time with his father. Why did he go away? Because Jesus was called to... Um, come and do miracles and do all of those things. He says he came for the brokenhearted. Why didn't he not heal the people and look after the sick and all of that? He went up the mountain. He says, because I need to spend time with the Father to be refreshed. And I think that is why, and it happened in my own life, that is why a lot of um, servants of the Lord, and we're all servants. Um, that's exactly what Rudolf was saying earlier. So we, it's, some has got titles, yes, but it's, it's worldly titles that is put onto it. But we are all servants of God. We are all children of God that we need to serve God in the right way. We are all vessels. Not one of us. We are different vessels, yes, because there's certain vessels for certain things. There's people that need to clean the toilet. There's people that need to pack the chairs. There's, there's certain things that need to be done. There's certain servant works that is different. But we all are servants. We are all here to serve God and to be um, in it. And so if we allow that and our spirit to work in us, that's why it is important that we need to enough gone off my, my point here, but if we look at Jesus, Jesus did that perfectly. He came to serve. He came and he washed the disciples' feet. Um, when Peter, and I'm going to speak a bit about Peter because that's the, two, the contrast for me is between Peter and Jesus, is that Peter on the other hand, when Jesus um, in the garden, when they came and they captured Jesus, he followed. He was the only disciple that followed Jesus from a distance, but he followed. 
the rest of the disciples dispersed. But he followed. And then when the, Jesus came in and they went into the courtyard, he went, he didn't go to defend Jesus. He didn't go in with Jesus to defend him. He went in and he sat with the guards. First thing is it, he associated with the world. So he sat between the world and people. Jesus went in alone and Jesus had to defend himself. But Peter was there. So first thing that he did wrong was yes, and, and we find ourselves doing that in the conversations. Um, which conversations do we sit in? Do we sit in the, the ring of the spotters um, when they tell dirty jokes? Do we get up and walk out or do we sit there? That is what Peter did. He, stood, he sat there with the, with the um, gods and then that was the first thing he did wrong. He sat with them in their conversation. So he mingled with them. The second thing that happened was, and with that is the third thing that happened, but is that he started talking with them because they started talking to him. No, I don't know that man. So that's where he denied him. He said, I don't know him. But yes, he was the disciple that, was, that said to Jesus, Jesus, I will protect you. What did he do? He didn't do that. So his yes was not his yes. Then the other thing that he did was, because they carried on and said, Ah, oh, but you are the man. You were the one that walked with him. You, you're one of his disciples. And then he saw he used foul language because now he's part of them. So he fell into that trap, into that fleshly desires. He gave in to the flesh. And that's an example of how we should not be. Yes, later Peter comes and then he writes this wonderful um, book um, in Peter where he actually talks about how we should not be. He's the one that wrote about the passions. He's the one that said that we must abstain because he knew he went through that. But what was the wonderful thing that happened? He, when Jesus came back and was resurrected, he repented and he said, Lord, I'm sorry. He repented and Jesus restored him in so much so that he became the pillar of the church. He became the, the rock on which Jesus built the church. He was the first, the first church. And this is where he actually, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people got saved because God used him as a vessel. He was now a restored vessel because he broke with those fleshly desires. He re repented. And that's what we need to do. We need to repent and walk away from those things uh, because Jesus is our perfect example. If we look at the next thing, maybe I'm taking too long to push this button. Um, it says, keep in, keep in step with the Spirit. In Galatians 5:16, Paul writes and he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So here's an example for us, in, a scriptural example in a word, but God says, this is how you can do it. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not walk in the desires of the flesh. So walk in the Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit, and how do you do that? Through the quiet time, studying the Word, say, Lord, let this become alive. And Live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. As you walk, the Holy Spirit will give you discernment. When to speak to somebody, when not to speak to somebody. The more you walk in step with God, the more you will hear the voice. We always talk about, a lot of people talk about the this, this still small voice. Um, God is in that and the Holy Spirit talks to us that way. He doesn't shout in our ear. He's gentle. And that's why we can hurt the Holy Spirit by not listening, by cutting ourselves off. So we have to be open vessels so that He can talk to us and show us the right way. Um, and he will, because that's what he's there to do. He's there to show us the right way in how to live and how not to live. Then in John 2.16 it says, For all that is in the world, now a very important scripture this, because that puts a, a bit of a lid on it for us, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. I mean, there's like three major things. Is not from the Father, but is from the world. So there We've got, and sometimes people say, but you don't have scripture for the things that you say. There's a very good scripture. Everything that's in the world is not from the Father. The desires of the eyes, of the flesh. I mean, all of those things are not from the Father. The pride of life. To be prideful and say, you know what? I've done this. I'm so good. 
God allowed you to be good because he gave you the gift. We must start giving more honor to God for what he's done in our life. And then you'll see how you'll excel because then God will use you more. Because if we give honor to ourselves, then God doesn't get the honor. God created us for his glory, for his honor. So whatever we do, if we do great things, God still gets the glory. Give him all the praise and all the honor. But those things are not from the Father, but is from the world. There's a, diff, a big distinction between what is from God and what is not from God. The stuff in this world, and that's what I said earlier, this world is not our own. We are only passing through. We are only sojourners. We are only uh, wanderers. In, on this earth. And that's a wonderful word for me. It's a wanderer. So we cannot... A wanderer is somebody that's never bogged down. He's not, this is my place. I'm going to stay here. If the Lord says move, then you move. When God said to Israel, when the cloud moved, Israel had to move. When the, the fire column at night moved, they had to move. They couldn't stay behind. Otherwise, they would have fallen behind. They had to. But this is so wonderful. If you look at even Israel, now I'm thinking of that, even if you look at Israel, how did they, after a little while in the desert, and God gave them manna, that he gave them all the things that they needed. They had a desire for the meat pots of Egypt and for all that lack of life that they had. Although they were slaves, they forgot about the slave part. They had a nice life there. I mean, they had parties and stuff. Now yeah, they're in the desert. But they, don't, they didn't think about what God is busy doing. Their shoes never worn. Their clothes never worn. All of those things. God was awesome. God was with them all the time. Um, and sometimes we, we look at the things around us and the economy and what's happening in the world and what's happening in South Africa. And we're like, oh no, and look at the power and all of that. And we get excited and irated about it. We should not. Because this world is not our own. We are only passing through. We are here for a purpose, and the purpose is to glorify God. I've now lost my note somewhere. And I know that a friend of mine, he's here today, he says that you should throw your notes away and just talk and allow the Holy Spirit to work. And I agree with that. We sometimes try to bog down and, and do things that we shouldn't do and allow, don't allow the Holy Spirit to work. Um, but this I spoke about, this is where it says that keep your conduct among Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in a day of salvation. And that is currently wherever you are. Some, some of us are working in different situations. I'm in a school where I've, we've got a staff of, of about 50. Um, and so during breaks and that, that, some of the talk that happens there is not, is not from the Lord. Uh, it's worldly stuff. Do I sit in that or do I not sit in that? I've got teachers that come to me and they say to me that, why are you not part of the, the, the breaks? Why are you not there? I said, because I don't want to associate with that. That's not who I am. Um, I'd rather sit in my class and pray or I walk between the kids on the, on the playgrounds and I pray. That's what I'm called for. I'm called to be a light. And people see that and then they say, but tell me more. How, why do you, how do you do that? Then you start testifying. That's what God wants. He wants us to be those vessels that can be used. But if I sit in their in the, um, little rings and I talk about all the wonderful stuff and all the parties and the prize and, and all of that, then what am I doing? Am I a light? Am I what? I'm not saying we should not do that. There is a time where we need to be in that. I mean, Jesus went into, into the brothels. He went into those places for a purpose. But then you will have a calling. You would know that. But to sit there every day in that same conversations, that is not what, what you need to do. Um, and I think that is where we have to have that discernment. Discernment is so important that we need to be walking with the Holy Spirit and keep in step with the Holy Spirit to know what is from the Lord and what is not from the Lord and how to do what we need to do. Um, let me just see where in. The other thing that Paul tells us about, and I'm jumping around a bit, but is, is that, and here a lot of us fall in the, into the trap as well. So we, we spoke a bit about, and it's still part of the flesh, the fleshly desires and the stuff of the flesh, is that in a country there's laws. 
Um, in a town, there's laws. In a school, there's laws. And there's rules. I don't know what's going to say laws, but there's rules. There's rules that we have to adhere to. Um, there's rules in, in churches. And that's why I'm glad we're a family. Because as a family, we can be free with one another. But there's rules where people make rules. And if there's rules, then there will always be people that try and break the rules. Now, the word is very clear that we should be subject to that. It says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor or supreme. Okay, so to every human institution. That means not only certain laws. And I find myself, I used to do that. I was guilty of that. I run over the four-way stop street. I mean, there's no cars coming, so I just run over the stop street. Um, and then because I do that, I get more and more comfortable with it. And I, later on, I don't even check. I just drive. That's not what God wants. Every single rule. Now, I stop. I rather stop and I allow other people. And that's how God has worked in me. So I stop and I allow other people that stopped after me to go. Because I can see. They're like, Try, you can go. And I like, can't understand why I'm smiling and letting him go. Why do we need to be rushed? To be somewhere. Why do we need to break the rules? God says in every small thing we have to honor him. And again, I'm not saying this for condemnation. That's not what it is. We need to... Uh, <laughs> I've got lots of testimonies on that. But the thing is that God has given us his spirit and we should allow his spirit. Now when it comes to speeding, that's another thing. There's got cameras and stuff in this town and they catch you if you go just a little bit over the speed. So I had a couple of those papers and I just realized but you know what? Um, a pastor once said that there was a, a congregant in his, in his church and then and the, guy, the guy came to the Lord and he says, you know what, pastor, I'm saved. I'm so get, glad that God saved me and that I'm new, but I've still got a lead foot. And a while after that, he met up with the pastor again and he says, pastor, I must give you this great news. I got saved. He says, but you got saved. He says, no, my foot got saved. So he doesn't speed anymore because God has showed him, Holy Spirit has showed him. We need to do the right thing. Okay, by, doing, by speeding and doing all of that, we're breaking laws. We are actually not doing what God wants us to do. He says we must adhere to the laws. Even when it comes to, um, and I've got the scripture and I'm not going to go to that scripture today, but even if it is about our bosses, I had some bad bosses in my life. In the last company I was at, they actually fired me illegally, but they fired me because of the Holy Spirit showing me things that they were busy with and I lifted it out. I told them, I said, you're busy with illegal stuff. So what did they do? I was the IT director. They fired me. They said, you know what? Um, the server packed up or something happened and they fired me and I wasn't even in charge of that. But God redeemed me. Um, but the important thing is that you will have people. What are you going to do in that situation? Are you going to fight with him? Fight with them and say, listen, yeah, you know what? That's wrong. You can't fire me. Or are you going to accept and allow the Lord to work? And that's what I did. I actually, God restored me so much that I got a double settlement from, from them. Without them knowing, they paid me double. And when I wanted to give the money back, the company closed down. So I couldn't give the money back. But they paid me double what they should have paid me. But I actually remembered that before that, I said, Lord, if there's a settlement, I want four months pay. And they only gave me two months. So I got four months. But they closed down. I couldn't give it back. So we have to just give over to the Lord, not fight. Because the moment we start fighting, we're actually part of this world. And I'm not saying there's certain situations where I say, yes, we have to follow the lawful constructs. Um, if, if somebody really does something bad to you, then you have to follow those things. There's certain things that we have to follow. But we have to be, again, wise. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to show us. God will show us through His Word, through the Holy Spirit, through brothers and sisters, through testimonies. We will get the answer. But we have to allow God to give us that answer and to show us. Now, I think I, I see I'm running out of time. I don't know what how much time I've got. You never told me, so... Um, so I can carry on for very long with all the testimonies, but I'm going to just um, crash this plane or come down with it and allow the Lord to do what he, he wants to do. Um, 
And a very important thing that happens in our lives is that we've served, we've heard earlier in the singing and also in the praying, is that we serve an awesome God. A God that's above all of these. He's the creator of the universe. He's the sustainer of the universe. I mean, the birds, the animals, they sing His glory. How can this God not help us? He will. He's done everything. He's made it possible. We just have to have open ears. We just have to have open hearts. And we have to be set on Him. So that He can speak into our lives and use the Word to speak into our lives. And sometimes we, 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 I find myself, years ago I was like that. I had lots of knowledge. I did seminary studies and I studied the Bible and the Scriptures and the concordances. And I went into, into arguments with ministers. Started arguing about is baptism right, the small and the big, and all of those things which is not relevant. Because that's not what we're called for. We are called to serve God. We are called to be His examples. Jesus says, follow in my footsteps. So following in Jesus' footsteps, Jesus never did that. He never argued with the Pharisees and that when I asked him, asked him questions, they answered them. So he never argued. He never said, this is how it should be. They asked him a question and he answered. But we should follow in his footsteps. How did he behave? And that is where I want to get to this, 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 this point. I read up a bit about this one pastor. Um, I don't know if you know him, but Charles Sheldon of Kansas. This pastor, um, he, the Lord gave him also Peter, a scripture in Peter, uh, 1 Peter 2.21. He gave him a scripture that exactly that, follow in his footsteps. And he, he did a sermon about that and eventually they took the sermon and they made a book of it. Not he himself, but the, probably the congregation. But he gave a challenge to that church and he said, for the, said to them, I challenge you that for one year, every major decision that you want to make, ask this question, what would Jesus do? And that's where the WWJD comes from. What would Jesus do? Now I want to say this morning, and I feel that's what the Lord is showing me, is that I don't want to challenge you or us, and I'm talking about myself firstly, I don't want to challenge us with that major decision. I want to say everything that we do. Ask the question, what would Jesus do? What would he do in that situation? And therefore I'm going to jump to the, can I do this quickly on this thing? Can I jump quickly on this thing to the last one? Okay, in Philippians 4.13 it says, I can do all things through Christ." Or through Him who strengthens me, but some of the translations say through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus is in us, and through Him we can conquer everything. Nothing is impossible for God. There's the, the scripture that said, Greater is He that is in me than He that's in the world. We have nothing to fear. We've got all the power. If we need wisdom, Jesus is the wisdom. If we need healing, Jesus is the healer. If we need salvation, Jesus is salvation. Jesus is everything. And with that, um, I will, I will close in prayer, but I feel that the, the Lord has showed me this morning that just before I came up, I had an incredible pain in, my, in the left side of my chest. And I don't know if there's anybody here that's got pain in their chest on the left side. Anybody? Anybody that's got any pain or any ailment? ailment? Wow, we've got a healed congregation. This family, this family doesn't need healing. They are healed. Um, but sometimes the Lord shows us things like that. So maybe that was anxiety from my side to stand here and to talk to you. Um, but the Lord shows us sometimes things that um, for His Spirit to work, and He wants to heal. He wants to. He came for the brokenhearted. Um, he came for those that, that don't know Him. And I just want to say, let's take that challenge. Ask what would Jesus do? But in that, remember that what am I showing to the world out there? When I walk in town, when I walk in a mall, people see me. When I'm in conversation with people, what do they see when they look at me? Ask yourself that question. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you. And then repent if there's things that you have to repent of. Because God is in the, in the healing business. He will, he will accept your repentance if you repent with a pure heart. 
and he will restore you because God does that. I just want to close in prayer. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity that you gave us to again show us that how much you love us. Lord, you love us so much that you've given us your son. And Jesus, you loved us so much that you died on the cross for us. But that's not where it stayed, Jesus. You died on the cross, but you also went up and you're sitting on the right hand of the Father where you intercede for us right now. You are the one that intercedes for us. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you came and that you are with us, that you are the one that guides us and leads us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the opportunities you give us to be a light in the world out there. Thank you that you are busy changing us from one degree of glory to the next. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to work in us. And if there's anything in anybody that they have to repent of, Holy Spirit, that you would show them, that you would come and that you will bring that discernment in lives of people where they don't know what to do, because you are the answer, and we trust you for that. Guide us and lead us today, and be glorified in everything. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rudolf. Thanks, Andre. Amen. Thank you, Lord.